And it was in that moment that my entire life shifted. And, and it shifted the entire trajectory of my life all because of one single word, which is crazy. Welcome to The Jimmy Rex Show, a podcast that will inspire you to notice the ordinary events in your life that with a little action could make your life and the lives of others extraordinary. Here's your host, adventurer, entrepreneur, mentor, Jimmy Rex. Tony Robbins famously said, if you can change your expectations for appreciation, your entire world will change. And that's why I love my guest today, Kevin Clayson. He's a speaker and an author. He wrote the book, Flip the Gratitude Switch, and he's dedicated his entire life to that word, gratitude. And I think above anything else you can focus on in life, if you can keep that gratitude in your heart and you can focus on that one thing, then it's you cannot be frustrated and grateful at the same time. So you can't help but see happiness come to you. And he just he's amazing. He's dug into this topic on every level, fully understands what it means to be grateful, to live in gratitude, and to have a grateful life. You can't help but feed off of his contagious energy. I'm so excited to present to you today my guest, Kevin Clayson. This week's episode is brought to you by Dr. Nicholas Howland with Premier Plastic Surgery located in Draper across from Lone Peak Hospital. It is a group of one of the most prestigious and well-respected plastic surgeon groups here in all of Utah. Uh, Mr. Howland, Dr. Howland has been a friend of mine since we were just little kids and he is offering a 10% discount on any cosmetic procedure to any of my listeners. Well, I am here with a good friend of mine, Kevin Clayson, and I'm excited about this interview because it's a principle that you teach and that you have focused your entire life on that I do believe might be the most important principle that any person can have in their life, and that is gratitude. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate you saying that, and also, thank you for letting me come and hang out, dude. Oh, of course. I just, for the <laughs> listeners, if they don't know, I mean, I would hope that they know you by now, but I got to tell them, you listening... Jimmy Rex is one of the most incredible giving souls that I've ever met. And you really are, man. I just, I just want you to know that. I remember one time you and I were hanging out at Jamba Juice and you were talking about doing some work with Operation Underground Railroad and the importance of that in your life. And I know you've been doing some work with them. I just know you as a good soul. And here's the other thing I want you to know. I don't know if I've ever told you this. So sometimes I go and I'll work with companies and I'll train customer service, customer experience, yada, yada, yada. And I use you as an example because you are one of the best that I've ever seen at giving so much to the people that have the potential to be your customers. And you give even without them already being your customer. And that's huge. You are a true go-giver in every sense of the word. And I just want you to know how much I respect you and how much I love sort of your example in terms of how you are a human and then how you do business. I just want you to know how much I look up to you as a friend, but also as a mentor. So, dude, I'm just pumped to be able to be here. Really. <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate that. I'm going to let you do all my intros yeah. from now on. <laughs> Kevin used to do well, – when I first met you, you were a speaker yeah. for a real estate investment company. And it was kind of funny how that came about, even how I met you. I mean, that was seven or eight years ago. But I was part of a Lake Powell trip and met you know one of the guys that was working with you guys. And he brought me over, introduced me to your whole team. And that was a time in my business when real estate was tough. This is 2010, 2009, 2010. And it really created a shift in my entire business because I was able to work with you and all of your investors. And 
the, it was kind of funny because the way that all came about, you were kind of the pitch man, yeah. which yeah, uh, that's pretty, pretty clear yeah. by that intro <laughs> that you were pretty good at it. But uh, no, but and you were the pitch man and you had so much energy on the stage and you we immediately gravitated towards each other. Right. Um, and then, you know, the, but that company that you guys worked with at the time really helped me so much with my business. And the way I got my foot in the door was your owners. You guys had your, your own agents that you were yeah, working with and Tyler Bennett, uh -huh. who um was the one that kind of gave me the intro. He said, hey, give them our worst client. Just let him, yeah. just let this guy, I just like how he works. And yeah. you guys gave me a client, I'll never forget, and the dude was so furious with his experience yeah. having worked with the company. Uh -huh. And honestly, like, he just wanted to be taken care of a little sure, extra. Sure. And I helped him out, and then I think he went back and told your executives. And I ended up selling, I think, 50, 60 homes with you over the next year and a half. That's and it, awesome. it really blew my career up again you know that's awesome so. well you know i i always wondered I, I figured tyler had introduced you i just knew that our paths had started to cross and i've been really really thankful for that um you know that company it's been an incredible journey and yeah i used to do a ton of speaking for us so you know there's about five of us that own the company and there was a couple of us that were the kind of the pitchmen, and i was the guy who was traveling coast to coast and going and speaking about um about kind of what we did as a company, but you brought up earlier that sort of my core, my message, like what I love to do and where I seriously feel like I should be devoting a ton of my time is this message of gratitude. And we'll talk about that because it's not your conventional approach to gratitude. It's not just like, let's just be thankful and hug, right? It, I mean, that's good, <laughs> sure. but there's some other aspects of it that literally fuel every aspect of somebody's life. And what was interesting is, so here I am, I'm speaking you know, all over the place. And I was felt like I lived half my life on a plane, which I'll never do again, by the way. Um, did not, my wife didn't exactly appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but I was traveling all over. And at the time, our company was starting, we were growing. But as you know, anytime you grow a business, that comes with some growing pains. And some of the growing pains had come from some of the hires. And we had this guy who was sort of running one aspect of our company. We actually had like a network marketing or direct sales aspect of the company, which is why I was traveling all over the country because we had reps coast to coast and they'd say, hey, can you come out and speak to an audience? They'd fill up a room and I'd go speak. And so as I was going through that process, I actually got to the point where I was kind of exhausted. I was um, sort of frustrated with, I felt like I was, I'm sure anybody listening can relate to this, when you work so hard and you feel like you're working so hard for so long and you literally feel like you're banging your head against a wall mm. and you're making zero progress. Like that's kind of how I felt. Like, yes, we were talking to folks. Yes, there was good stuff happening, but doggone it, if, if I wasn't seeing the financial rewards that I thought we'd see at that point and, and we were having some financial struggles as a company and I'm like, how? Like we're growing, there's all this cool stuff happening, but yet, I didn't feel like we were seeing the, the results that we wanted. Well, I think that's one of the most frustrating things in any business, right? If it, it's, it's okay to work hard and you feel good working hard when you're seeing results and you're yeah. seeing uh, you're building towards something and it's working. When you're having those financial difficulties, I had a similar experience with the meat company. Uh -huh. uh, I was working so hard, but we were pumping so much money back into it and yeah. I didn't know my partner was you know, sifting money off the other end and, and no, that I just, does but it was profitability. That was the darkest time in my life probably yeah. when I figured that out because I'm sitting there in my office one day, it's in like the ghetto of Midville, uh -huh. which there's a ghetto in Midville and I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
what is going on? Like, how do I not have any money? We were working so hard. And it was like 9.30 at night. I was uh-huh. still at the office trying to, you know. And that was the most frustrated I'd ever been in my life because I know exactly what you're saying. When you're working that hard, it's, I don't mind hard work. I love sure. it. Yeah, it's but it's got to be building towards something. That's right. If you feel like you're not getting anywhere, then it becomes really difficult. So that was kind of where I, I was, right? Super frustrated. I felt like um, nothing was going the way that I wanted it to. And here's the crazy thing. And this happens so often. If you look at most people's lives, like on paper, especially like if we take where we live, right, Orem, Utah, like on paper, as you not at, living in the United States of America, like our lives are not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's just be real, okay? I mean, the vast majority of us are above the poverty line. We have food on the table. We have a vehicle, and not everybody does. But here's the deal, man. Most of us on paper, it's not that bad, and that was completely me, right? Mm-hmm. On paper. I was traveling for work. I always wanted to travel and be a speaker. Check. (laughs) I had this awesome wife who was way prettier than I deserve. Check. She still is an awesome wife and prettier than I deserve. Um, Check. I had these kids, right? We had just had our second baby. And uh, he spent a couple weeks in the hospital just up the road here at at Timonogos. And he was in the NICU and it was kind of bad. But he was home now and he was like doing well. And so, I mean, that was good. I had a car. I had a home. On paper, everything was cool, but I got to the point, and I think that a lot of us kind of get to this point, kind of come to realize that like we all have rock bottoms, right? Every single one of us. And uh, for me, what rock bottom was, is it was kind of that point where I could only make one of two decisions, right? And, and everybody's rock bottom is gonna be different, but I think that a lot of us get to a point where it's only one of two decisions. We either uh, change direction or we give up. Right. I, I think in a lot of ways. And that, that was where I was. Right. I'm sitting there. I remember this day, man. I, I just got home from New York. Uh, I would let my wife like sleep all night when I would come home from a trip and I'd get up with the baby. So I drive to the office. I'm tired. I'd been up all night with Braxton. Uh, I just got home from New York and it went okay, but I didn't feel like it had gone as well as I wanted it to. And I'm sitting in my car looking down these stairs, this office that I'm about to go into, thinking about this guy that I was working with who he'd hired to run a part of our marketing company. And he and I just, I don't know if you've ever met somebody that just fundamentally like dislikes your face, but that was this guy, man. He well, just... The best I can compare to you, like in dating, I mean, I've been on so many dates now over the last 15 years, but you'll show up every now and then you'll like show up on a date. And this hasn't happened in a long time, but you show up and it's like the girl just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Why yeah. did you say yes? Mm-hmm. And so no yeah. matter what you do, I mean, I, you know, I've had plenty of them back in the day, but it's just like you show up and you're like, I, I'll end the date now. Like if yeah. I just show up and she doesn't seem like she wants to be there, I just turn around. I like, and scene. Well, Deuces. yeah, it's like life's too short. Whatever, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, so I know what you're saying. There's those people, right? So that was this guy that we had hired. And man, I was just kind of, I was sitting in my car looking down. I'm about to go into this, this office and I'm just on paper, everything's good. But in my mind, in my state of mind, mm-hmm. And, and really what I was physically feeling about my experience of my life right then was I felt like I was at a rock bottom. I felt like I just wanted to get away from it all. I just, I'm tired of it. Maybe I just need to shift directions altogether, but I kind of felt like that wasn't really the right direction. And it was in that moment of kind of despair and feeling like I either had to make a new choice or uh, just give up altogether that I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I am so frustrated with every aspect of my life. And it was in that moment that my entire life shifted. And, and it shifted the entire trajectory 
of my life all because of one single word, which is crazy. And, and dude, think about it. How many times, I'm sure you have three or four of them, but I, I don't know, I, maybe everybody does. But it's pretty rare to be able to think of a single moment in your life mm. when that was a truly definitive moment where, where something happened, some experience was, was had, or some thought came into your mind, and that, that experience, that thought, that whatever it was, literally shifts the entire trajectory and course of the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I like to say, I think that from what I've studied and read, you've got about three or four of those moments in your whole life yeah. where literally it's, okay, decision A goes here, decision B goes here. That's right. And and that was what that that was me in that moment in the car feeling sort of frustrated and despair. And the word that came into my mind, as I'm sure everybody can gather, was was gratitude. And, um, and I remember being like, I was sitting there and that word gratitude came into my mind and I was like, come on. Seriously, how could I possibly be thankful? And then I would just like list off everything that sucked, right? How could I be thankful when this isn't going well, the business isn't going well, and, and I'm tired, and blah, blah. like I just have my laundry list of complaints with my life, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, gratitude, you gotta be kidding me. Well, what that ended up sparking was um, kind of this new experience for me. And, and I kind of felt like here I was in my rock bottom. I needed to maybe do something different. This idea of gratitude comes into my mind. So then I kind of decided to go on this journey and figure out, number one, why the heck gratitude came into my mind. And number two, how in the world could I possibly find a way to be thankful inside of life's frustrations? See, I knew that there was a bunch of books about gratitude, like gratitude stuff, like gratitude journaling, right? Like I sure. even tried that at one point. But it didn't really stick for me. It didn't really work. I don't know. I mean, I think I kind of know why now that I've done a bunch of research. But it, um, it just didn't, like, stick for me in the past. I'm like, how? What am I supposed to do now? And uh, so I kind of went down this this path where I just started to do a bunch of research. I mean, I think that's what, you know, you, you come to a hard place in your business. You should probably go read some books and do some research. Or in your marriage, you should probably read some books or do some research. And I would say because there's so many uh, valuable tools that we have access to, for the most part, you're going to be able to find some sort of an answer, right? You can literally pick any subject nowadays, and you can, if you're willing to research and study it, you can become somewhat of an expert. It doesn't take that long because the information is so abundant. That's true. You know, I, I know every political cycle, I take all the, when there's still 15 probably candidates, they all put a book out. Yeah. I listen to every one of them on Audible because awesome. I, want an, I want to have an unbiased opinion based on what that person, I'm like, that's the information that person chose to share. Yeah. And then I can go to other sources as well, but it's like, by the time I'm done listening to each one of them, uh-huh. I make my own decision. Yeah. But you can do that on anything, right? Yeah, so with you gratitude, you literally can pick any word yeah. and you can find just an, a, a lifelong amount of information. Absolutely. You're going to find stuff. books, you're going to find lectures, you're going to find TED Talks, all kinds of stuff. But here's the crazy thing for me, man. I So that's what I did. I'm like, all right, time to do some research. Let's figure out gratitude because apparently that's what I need <laughs> well, to do. Let me stop you real quick. How did you know in that moment? What was it about that moment that clicked? Where Because, I mean, everybody has moments where something comes into their mind. How did you know in that moment this word is what my life is going to become about? So um, for me, it, it, it's a faith thing, right? So I believed that, so I, I'm a believer, I believe in God. And, sure. and I, I felt that God knowing where I was at that moment gave me that word. Because here's the thing, that word had never come into my 
recollection or experience before other than like Thanksgiving, right? It's like, let's be thankful so we can sure. eat turkey, watch football, and elbow an old lady to go get a big screen TV at Best Buy, right? Because <laughs> I want the deal. Doorbuster. So I, I just didn't know um, why else that word at that moment as I'm sitting in my despair and frustration and sort of anger with the life and experience that I was having of my life, I couldn't figure out any other reason why that word, especially one that was sort of like not really intuitive at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Why else would that come into my brain? Now, I did not know that gratitude was gonna be kind of like a life's mission. Okay. I just literally felt like, okay, this is maybe my answer for now. Like I never intended to write a book. I never intended to be speaking to youth or corporations or people or church or my family about gratitude. Like never hit my radar, dude, at all. Mm. It was just like, Kev, like you're bugged with your life. God gave you this word gratitude. So you should probably go try to figure out what you can do with it. That was literally it, man. I had no idea that it was a life shifting moment. I just knew it's what I needed right then. Well, so what a blessing, though, to be able to study that word because it, it literally is. I mean, I mean, you know, Tony Robbins says, um, "Trade in your expectations for appreciation, and watch your whole world change." Yeah, right. It's Who's one this of my Tony Robbins fellow. Like, yeah, it's, he... it's, it's just a guy that <laughs> says stuff. Uh, but that that quote is one of my all time favorite because he says, you know, you can't feel gratitude and pain at the same time. You can't yeah. feel gratitude and fear at the same time. You That's can't. Right. So if you're focused on gratitude, those other things dissipate from your life. It's true. I mean, light and dark cannot occupy the same space at the same moment. And it's very much the same with happiness and uh, the opposite of happiness, whether that's depression or frustration or whatever. For me, I realize it's a lot about, um, it's a lot about joy and that finding joy is easier than maybe people think it is. And, and it's also about fulfillment. And I think that that's something that a lot of people lack, right? And fulfillment, I've come to realize, largely stems from feeling appreciation for the life that you have and the situation you're in, right? Mm -hmm. We all do this thing where we can think like, and it's not bad to dream, we're all dreamers. But when dreaming, dreaming can become counterproductive when, it, when, when we use our dream to keep us from taking action today, right? If we're like, you know what, I'll write a book one day when my situation is better. I'll, uh, I'll be a better husband and a better father one day when I'm making more money, right? We, we do this stuff and we rationalize why we shouldn't be taking action right now. That is very counterproductive. Fulfillment, I've come to realize, largely stems from this idea that if you can be thankful in your current circumstances, whatever they may be, not just being thankful for things, but being thankful in your current circumstances, regardless of what they are, regardless of how bad you may perceive them to be, if you can find gratitude in that, that right there delivers fulfillment and it delivers a, a, a heightened and increased sense of joy and happiness. And dude, here's the cool thing. There is scientific backing for it. Like it is all over the place. And I didn't know that because I didn't know I was going to write a book and I didn't know I was going to do scientific research. I'm sitting there in my car and I hear gratitude. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I started to do the research and I go and I find books. And you know what all the books said? They said the same thing. Gratitude as God. Yes, I'm thankful for stuff. Right? Like all of it. And I'm like, hey, thanks, Captain Obvious. I didn't know that. I didn't know I should be thankful. Thank you. 
but you know what, dude? I couldn't figure out a way to be thankful in the mud. I'm sitting there in the mud, dude. At least that's how I felt. I wasn't really, right? <laughs> but I'm sitting there like, oh, great. I'm up to my freaking eyebrows in mud. How can I be thankful for this? There was not a book that told me how to go find gratitude inside of life's frustrations. Mm. There wasn't. And so I had to figure it out. And I really feel like that's when it became a mission for me is when I realized that the actual aspect of gratitude that I needed, I couldn't go and find. It didn't exist. There's a few resources that exist now. There's some um, speakers that I really love, uh, one by the name of Dieter Uchtdorf, who has some great content on this um, that really helped to sort of add to my perspective. But dude, at the time, it was like, be thankful. Okay, great. Gratitude journal. Okay, great. Go on a gratitude walk. Great. Have a gratitude jar. Awesome. They all sound good in practice, but if I feel like I can't experience gratitude, how do I go and find it? And ultimately, that was the process I went through and the journey I went on and the process that I discovered, I turned into a formula and that's what I put in the book and that's what I go and I teach to people now. So at that point, you're still working for the other company. Though. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so at what point did you know, okay, this is such a big mission for me. I'm going to, cause you stepped aside from that company. I did. You stayed on as a for consultant. A years, yeah. But I mean, you dove all into I gratitude. All in. And so what was the experience from there and tell us how the book came about and, yeah. and then we'll dive into the book after that. So it was actually the company that I was working for was kind of the reason I ended up writing the book and here's the reason why. So I'm going through this process of figuring out how to find gratitude inside of frustration, right? And I'm literally like watching my life change like as I'm doing this. And I would do a ton of training, right? I had these training calls I did every week with our entire sales team. We had thousands of people across the country that I'm training on like conference calls every week. I'm traveling and I'm speaking. And you know what happened is, is, and I find that this happens often as a speaker, your experience of the life that you're having right now ends up uh, kind of leaking into your speeches, right? Leaks into your talks. And that's what started to happen. On the training calls, as I'm speaking, I started to talk about gratitude. And I remember uh, I, I, we used to do this uh, two or three day event that was really focused on money and real estate. Mm. But I felt like I should lead off day two with this little talk about why gratitude could make such a difference in somebody's experience of their financial life and their real estate life. And the response that I got was overwhelming. I had more people coming up after that and saying, Kev, you have no idea what that did for me. I would go do these, these conference calls and I'd get these text messages and these Facebook messages and they would say, dude, that gratitude thing made such a difference. And, and so I, I, so many people were like, bro, you got to put this in a book. And I'm like, bro, I'm not an author. <laughs> like, I can't write. Yeah. I mean, I can, bar I can barely string a sentence together uh, on, on Facebook. You think I can write a book? And, and I just had no intention of writing the book. But it was through the process of experiencing what I was and finding that there was a real formula um, that could bless other people that I sort of felt um, compelled to put it in a book because I realized that it wasn't about me. I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want to be an author because I didn't think I was good enough to do it. But that was a really selfish approach because for me, I needed to realize that it wasn't about me. It was about, it was about that mom who's working full time, whose husband isn't showing her the appreciation that she would hope for, whose kids don't appreciate all she does, and she's working full-time, and she's a full-time mom, and she's literally in the middle of this remarkable life and wondering why she can't feel more joy. 
And, and it was about her. Mm -hmm. If I didn't write the book, maybe the message wouldn't find her. And I came to realize that the only reason for me to really write the book was I didn't have to worry about all the millions of people that might read the book. I had to worry about the one. And, and, um, and, and then it kind of evolved from there in knowing that it wasn't just about the one. It was about, it was about the one and it was about the three. And the three were my kids, man. And I'm like, dude, if I, if something happens to me, remember that guy, what was his name? It was like, was it Randy Posh or something like that? Who, who, uh, who, I can't remember his name, but he was the guy, he found out he was terminally ill and he like taught his kids these 10 principles and then he ended up on Oprah and he was doing these big keynotes and then he passed away, right? Right. I started to go, this thing, this gratitude inside of life's frustrations is such a game changer and nobody's ever taught it to me before. I can't go find it in another book because I researched it. I gotta give this to my kids. I have to give it to the one and I also need to give it to my kids. And so um, when I wrote the book, when I finally felt compelled to actually start it, uh, I, I had um, a picture of my kids up the entire time and I wrote the book to them. And I wrote it in a way that I thought they could understand it at their ages. Which, you know, may sound silly because they're young, but uh, Zig Ziglar always used to say that you should probably talk to your audience at about a, like, second or third grade level, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, um, And so I wrote it to them because I wanted them to understand it. And I also wrote it, and there was, a, there was one woman who had heard me speak about gratitude. Um, it was actually somebody who used to work for Tyler, our common friend. And she wrote me a note out of the blue, and she said, what you shared changed my marriage and she had some real struggles with her daughters who had some health concerns so i i kept thinking about sydney and i kept thinking about my kids and i wrote the book for them if nothing else and it just happened as a result and then now it, it you know we gave birth to it it's it's been in the world and it's you know we've sold books in nearly 30 countries now well that's a really cool story i didn't realize that was kind of the path that led to the book i know when I talked to Tyler and I said, hey, where's Kevin been? He hasn't been around very yeah. much anymore. And he, he literally said, he said, dude, he's doing this gratitude stuff and it's really awesome. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? Like, what, 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 well, what is it? And so, I mean, the reason I stepped away to get back to your original question, like a big old departure there, but um, you said, why did you step away from your company? So, dude, it, literally I felt compelled to. Mm -hmm. I felt that even if it was just for a, a, a period of time, I needed to do, I needed to to pour all of me into writing the book and I needed to pour all of me into getting it out into the world. And so when I first left my company, I originally thought like, I'm literally never going back to my company, right? Like that's what I thought. I was like, I am just charting this path. And so I did, I, I left and, and I would still do some consulting, but man, I was writing the book. My wife was super on board and like down with me doing this. And um, all of a sudden, uh, I started to get interviewed on a bunch of these podcasts. Uh, um, I don't know if you know John Lee Dumas' Entrepreneur on Fire. Yeah, 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 so sure. he's had me on twice. And the first conversation we had was about my company, the real estate company. But it shifted to gratitude because like, I was going through stuff at that time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then that sort of sparked another part of the path of me writing the books. He had me back on. I saw him at a, at a conference and I was like, JLD, bro, you have no idea what that conversation did for me. I've now gone and wrote this book. Remember when we talked about gratitude? He's like, yeah, I wrote this book today. He's like, bro, you got to come back on the podcast. So I went back on that podcast and I launched the book from that podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, because he has just a huge listenership. Sure. Right? Yeah. And um, so I, we launched the book from that podcast and then it was just go time. 
So I want to dive into the book a little bit yeah. here. I want to, cause I, I read the book. I ended up giving it away as a Christmas present to about which, 200 of my clients, which I sincerely appreciate. Well, it's one of those topics that anybody that reads about gratitude is their life is going to be benefited. And I was kind of hoping like in my little marketing mind, right? Look, if somebody's life gets much better because of this book and because yeah. of the gratitude they experience, I want them to attach that back to me Absolutely. and this gift and be grateful for that. Yes. You know? And so, um, obviously it's like those are all my friends or my clients anyways yeah. and to, if you can make their lives better and the book really does dive into that so i want to get into some of the principles yeah, of sure. gratitude because the cool. book is called flip the gratitude switch yep. uh, i love that by the way because it conveys that you can immediately have gratitude yeah just flip the switch well and here's the other thing that it conveys it is you can immediately have gratitude with the flip of a switch but here's the other thing that is very intentional it is a physical act right mm. Like, like if we go, if we go turn a light switch on, there's a physical act that we are taking in order for that light to kind of come on and to illuminate our circumstances. And, and gratitude is very much the same way. And by the way, that was the big difference for me, right? I, the gratitude journaling, the gratitude jars, the gratitude walks, awesome practices, right? However, I came to realize that, especially like for me in gratitude journaling, it was kind of this passive act. Yes, there was action involved, but like at the end of the day, when I'm gratitude journaling, what I would do is I would do two things that would uh, take power away from me. One was I would think about things that were already awesome. It's easy to be thankful for things when everything is awesome. It's super simple, mm -hmm. right? It takes no skill whatsoever. It takes almost no work to be thankful for things when they're awesome. So that's what I was doing in my gratitude. I was like, I'm thankful for my wife and my kids and that I had dinner, right? Like, great. Yeah, of course I'm thankful for those things. That was number one. The second thing it did that for me, the reason why gratitude journaling didn't exactly stick and why it felt more passive is I was removing myself from the most important moment of my life and as you know, that moment is now, right now. Right. And I was removing myself from now and I was going back to things that happened earlier in the day and finding things that I could be thankful mm -hmm. for. And so um, when I started to go through the process of figuring out how gratitude could become something that I did, not just something I felt, it was this real physical act that started to take place. And I, I came to realize that, man, as I was doing it, like I, I would experience this physical change. I now know because of the research why that happens. There is brain chemistry that takes place. There's physicality that is involved with gratitude, which I did not understand. And um, I, 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 but it felt like I was feeling frustrated. I'd go through this process that I'll talk about here in a second. And I'd, I'd physically like, it felt like I was physically flipping this internal switch. And when I would like, my body would fill up with what I came to call, it's on my hat actually, gratifuel. Cause I felt like gratitude was fueling my life and gratitude was fueling business all of a sudden. And, and man, I would feel different and it was this physical act and it was like flipping this internal switch where right before I did it, things felt kind of murky, they felt kind of dark, it felt like life was difficult to navigate, right? And, and then I would find a way to figure out, to act, I say in the book, I say activate gratitude or initiate gratitude. Sometimes when I go and talk to the kids, I call it install gratitude, but it was this physical act, this physical process I go through mentally and physically that would all of a sudden, boom, bring gratitude into my life and it would shift how I was feeling. And it literally felt like there was this light switch inside that was getting flipped and oh my gosh, all of a sudden I feel different. So I actually got these light switch covers made that say flip the yeah, gratitude I have one. switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I put them all over my house as like a reminder. And it was a cool 
object lesson for my kids too, right? It's like, look, the room's dark, but then you do this thing and it's light and you can see. So it had multiple reasons why I did it, but that became sort of the, the moniker and the, the, the theme of what I was doing is teaching people how to do this thing where we flip that. So teach us, how, do we, how does somebody flip the gratitude switch? Yeah, so when I was writing the book, um, I, I'd had all these principles down, right, of like what I was doing, but I, I came to realize I had a mentor um, who was like, Kev, you gotta put it in a, like, a, like a formula that, that people can remember, right? Because it's one thing to talk about, hey, go feel gratitude inside of frustration, be thankful in your current circumstances, whatever they may be. But without a process, um, maybe uh, people wouldn't take that action. And so that was such a the blessing to me. And so I started to think about, I'm like, what do I actually go through? And then the craziest thing was, this is why I know it wasn't coincidence, is the thing that I did actually goes along with the initials F-L-I-P. So it's literally the flip formula at each, each of those um, initials stands for a step. And when you go through the four steps, you're effectively flipping the gratitude switch. So what are those four steps? So step number one is F, which is you find the frustration. Okay. Now here's what this means. So when you find the frustration, like we all know that we get frustrated, right? Like that's, we get it. But it's so rare, dude, it's so rare that we will sit down and actually ask ourselves the question, hey, why am I frustrated? Mm. Like a lot of us, we just get frustrated and then we just roll on, right? The dude cuts us off on the freeway. We're like, you're stupid. And then there's traffic and we're like, I hate traffic. And then we get to the office and our boss is like, get in your cubicle and go do a thing that you don't care about. And I'm like, oh, I hate my boss. Whatever it is, right? It's like we get frustrated and we just roll with it, man. And then we just marinate in it all day. And then we wonder why we're unhappy. But finding the frustration requires a little bit more. When you feel frustrated, we all know when that happens, right? It, we get that little feeling inside like the Incredible Hulk, except for me, I don't get all like green and buff. I still just stay chubby, but we feel it, right? I'm like, oh gosh, I'm frustrated. When I feel that, I ask this question. It's so simple and so stupid, but it works. You literally ask, why am I frustrated? Mm. Now, here's the thing that this does, is it opens up this little tiny moment in your life where you have space to reflect on the experience you're having right now. It, it's about becoming present, right? It's about becoming aware of what's going on internally and what's going on mentally, which so many of us rarely do. And if we could do it with just a few simple words, why am I frustrated? When we feel that, what happens is it, 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 it cause our brain just keeps rolling, right? Throughout the day. When we get frustrated, our brain just keeps rolling. We're like this train that's picking up speed down the frustration track. When we ask the question, why am I frustrated? We hit the brakes a little. That's all we're doing, right? We haven't changed the track yet. We're just, we're, we're putting the brakes on and we're slowing down. And we're going, whoa, 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 why am I frustrated? And you answer the question, I'm frustrated because that guy just cut me off on the freeway, mm -hmm. right? Now I know it seems intuitive, but because you put the brakes on and because you answered your own question, now you move to step number two, which is L. L is where you look for what's awesome. So you find the frustration, F, ask yourself why am I frustrated, L, look for what's awesome. So my, my, the train of my brain is going along, I'm frustrated, I, I put on the brakes, whoa, 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 why am I frustrated? And then I answer my question, I'm frustrated because that guy cut me off. And now you go, okay, what could possibly be awesome about the fact that this dude just cut me off? 
So I'll, I'll turn the tables on you because I do this when I go and speak to audiences. So Jimmy, what could possibly be awesome about the fact that that dude just cut me off? Uh, the fact that I didn't wreck with him. Oh, good. What else? Uh, the fact that I have a car that I'm driving on hey, the freeway. that's cool. What else is awesome? Um, I could, in that moment, uh, the fact that that guy uh, probably has somewhere that he needs to be getting. Oh, and he, I'm grateful that he isn't hurting anybody on his way yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's what's cool. So what you just did is literally what our brains do, right? Which is we are giving our brains these suggestions and we're chugging around along down this track. I'm frustrated, whatever. We say, why am I frustrated? We put on the brakes. Then we say, what? Could, why am I frustrated? I'm frustrated because the dude cut me off. What could possibly be awesome about that? And we effectively have now put on the brakes mm. and we are about to switch the track, right? If you think of like a train track, right? There's that, that lever and that switch, which also works with flipping the switch the light switch or flipping your internal switch, you flip the switch on the track and now you're giving your brain a new suggestion and a new path because you're saying, okay, what, again, another question, what could be awesome about the fact that this dude just cut me off? Well, and I love the principle in general because when I meet people, I, I kind of do this subconsciously. It's kind of cool that as you say this, it's kind of psychologically making sense to me. But when I meet somebody that I just, for whatever reason, they're not vibing, you don't like yeah, them or right. whatever, I'll literally say to myself, all right, what do I like about this person? Or what's something I can see in this person that I like? I had an experience just last week or there was one person that I just wasn't necessarily jiving with. Yeah. And, and it was weird because I was like, man... I'm the only one that seems like this guy just seems like a little bit different than what I was hoping he would be. And, um, but I started looking for, for things to really appreciate about him. And by the end of the trip, we were on, we were on a trip and, and I was talking to him and the dude had, I, I really liked him by the end of the trip. It was just for a moment, you know, I was like, but and it really, and I started looking at him differently and he had had one-on-one -on -one conversations with so many people. He knew more details about each person. And I learned in that moment that he cared more about each person and was willing to learn about them. And he wasn't like, I think the thing I didn't like is I felt like maybe he was too intrusive or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. But by the end of it, I realized he just genuinely cared about everybody. And it was really cool because if I'd kept looking at him as like, I don't like this guy. I'm just making this guy. decision, right? Yeah. But we ended up, you know, really, again, becoming friends by the end of it. Um, very close, I would feel like. But he, I learned so much from him because he had known things about several of the people that we were with that I didn't know. Yeah, and yeah. I hadn't bothered to learn. Right. And it was really an eye-opener to me. Like, man, I should have cared more like he did. Yeah. Maybe I would have had a better experience, that's too. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I love what you just said. And that that's so powerful. And so, dude, that's all we're saying. This is what you can do when you experience frustration. You give your mind a new suggestion. You create space. Why am I frustrated? You give your mind a new suggestion. What could be awesome? And uh, the... the I've come to find out from one of my friends who's actually a psychologist. He's like, that's called metacognition when you're thinking about thinking. Okay. When you're thinking about your thinking, right? And so you go, what could be awesome? And what happens is the, the, the switch of our brain, um, it, it, it flips a little. And now we start creating this, going down this new path. There's a PhD named Alex Korb who says that it's called the virtuous cycle. So we know about the vicious cycle. It just kind of keeps feeding itself. The virtuous cycle does the same thing. Dude, what's awesome is I'll go when I go to like schools or whatever, and I, I get to the point where I'm talking about the formula, and I tell them about find your frustration, I say, look for what's awesome. I ask them to find out what's awesome with whatever the thing is that I'm sharing. And what's, dude, this happens every time, it's awesome. It's quiet for a moment, and then one hand goes up and they say something. And then three hands go up and they say something. And then 10 hands go up. And the reason is we switched 
all of their, we literally conducted a science experiment here and we do it when I go to these audiences. They, we literally gave their mind a new suggestion and their mind started going down this new track. And so now we're looking for what's awesome and we're finding, okay, man, I'm glad the guy didn't hit me. Uh, it's awesome that, that maybe he's in a hurry and, and I hope he gets there on time. It's awesome that geez, I got this car that I'm driving and wait, where am I going? I, dude, I'm going to, to work. Like I, I work and I serve people. Like all of a sudden our mind has a new suggestion. So what we do is we find the frustration, look for what's awesome. Then we move to I. I is where we initiate gratitude is what I say in the book. When I go and talk to youth, I say install gratitude because it's kind of like an app store, right? Like what's the app store of life? It, it's, it's language. Mm. You know, it, it's affirmations. I mean, if I wake up every day and I say, you're ugly and you're stupid and you're never going to be successful, what am I going to download from the store of life? going to be ugly, nobody's going to like me, and I'm not going to be successful. So language lets us download something from the app store of life. And so what happens is we found the frustration, we look for what's awesome. Now we use language again. And now we, we take our brain in this list of awesome and we give it a, a, a further suggestion, which is we use the words, I am thankful for. And I know this seems so cheesy, right? But here's the thing that's happening is we're using language to give us what we actually want. And now we actually physically say in our brain or out loud what that we're thankful for the list of awesome that we found embedded in the frustration. What we're effectively doing is taking that moment of frustration that we all have and we are doing work on that thing, that direct thing that's happening right now, that frustration that's really relevant and really happening, and we're doing work on it. We're switching the track of our brain, and then we're saying, I am thankful for the thing that is awesome inside the frustration. It's different than just going, I'm thankful that it's sunny outside, right. right? Because I am having to do more work. It's the difference between going to the gym and lifting one pound weights or going to the gym and lifting 50 pound weights, right? The action is the same, but the harder work you do, the more results you're going to see. And that's what this process does. Find the frustration, look for what's awesome, initiate or install gratitude, initiate this gratitude sequence. I'm thankful that he didn't hit my car. I'm really thankful that I have this car. I'm really thankful that I, on my way to work, I'm thankful, man, for the people I work with. Oh, man, I'm thankful that I get to serve people today. We start to think about our clients that day. Oh, man, I'm thankful for Mr. Jones. Like, dude, this is going to be so awesome. We've totally shifted us. And here's the crazy thing. You immediately move to P, which is the fourth step, which is to power up with gratifuel. Okay. And, and you don't have to do anything. Your body does it for you. There's brain chemistry that takes place. And when we go from frustration and we got cortisol and stuff, it's feeding our fear. And we say, whoa, let me put on the brakes and slow down the train. Give my brain a new suggestion. Okay, let me figure out what's awesome. That's metacognition. Now we go, I'm going to initiate a gratitude sequence. I'm thankful for the thing that was awesome embedded in the frustration. Our bodies, and actually maybe as a listener, you, you sensed this as we did this. Maybe you sensed it. But when we start to go through that process of saying everything we're thankful for, we begin to feel different. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is our body releases dopamine, which is the reward chemical. It tells our brain, you're doing something good. Keep doing it, right? And you're also getting a little bit of oxytocin, which is making you feel more love for somebody. All through physically triggering gratitude inside frustration, your body powers up with gratitude, and you just now you're rolling down a new path and a new track. And here's the best part, dude. Now you feel powered up with this fuel of feeling awesome and that powers you until 
the very next frustration. And then you just do it all over again. Now, the last thing I want to share about this that's so rad, dude, is when you do this process, at first it may seem a little laborious. You're going, all right, I got to think through these steps, find the frustration, look for what's awesome, initiate gratitude. I'm powering up with gratitude. Okay, now I got to do it again. But what happens is when you do this over time, not only does your brain become addicted to the feeling and the dopamine release that it gets by triggering gratitude inside of frustration, but you create, so we have this, our brains, there's this thing called neuroplasticity, right? Which means that our brains like can rewire over time, right? Yeah. It's the reason why uh, successful people become successful. It's not just luck and why uh, people that always fail continue to fail, right? They haven't gone through a process to rewire their thinking and to rewire their brain. What, what are, what we, man, we're so amazing. This tool that we have is un unbelievable. We go through that process, find the gratitude inside of the frustration. And when we do that and get addicted to that dopamine release, our brain begins to rewire. And we get, we, we become a new person. We create this new disposition towards the life that we already have. I always think of it like this. Jimmy, you are the best at renting out theaters <laughs> and letting people come and watch movies, right? I think I've seen all the Marvel movies because of you, and I love you for it. But when you go into a movie with 3D glasses, right? If you were to take those 3D glasses off while you're watching this super exciting, amazing movie, and you watch the whole movie without the 3D glasses, when you walk out of the theater, you're gonna know what the movie was about, you're gonna know where the action sequences were, you're gonna probably still have giggled at the jokes, you're gonna know when there was a love scene, whatever. You're gonna know what the music, you're gonna know what the movie was about. But your experience of the movie becomes enhanced when you put on glasses, the 3D glasses. So here's the key. Same movie, different experience of that movie with a new perspective or set of lenses through which you view that movie, right? Dude, we are in the movie of our life all the time, right? We are constantly viewing the movie of our life. And if the lenses we have are lenses of fear and lenses of entitlement and lenses of lack and lenses of poverty, dude, that is the experience of our life. What gratitude and flipping the gratitude switch does is it essentially shifts on a pair of gratitude glasses so that that same life, those same experiences, the same interactions take on a new meaning, just like you with your friend, right? You, you, same guy, you just yeah, shifted. I, I shifted the way that I was looking at him. You shifted the yeah. way you were looking at him. You put on a different pair of lenses. When we flip the gratitude switch. Well, and I think you can do that with anything. I hate nowadays the, you know, you got the, the right and the left and all they see is the lens of like that person can do no right or that person can do no wrong. Because of their political affiliation. But, yeah. It's yeah. like Obama did a lot of really great stuff, whether you're Republican or Democrat. That's right. And Trump has done a lot of really good stuff, whether you're That's Republican right. or Democrat. That's right. And you can either look at the bad that he's doing or the things that they didn't do, do, do that you didn't like. Or you can actually look at it a different way and say, wait, I can be open to cheering for my president. Yeah. You know, that seems like right. something I could logically get yeah. myself to believe in. So the, I don't the know. things you focus on become your reality. And so when we flip the gratitude switch in frustration, find a way to be thankful in our current circumstances, not just thankful for things, which is easy, but we become thankful in our current circumstance, even if it's not great, we view our life through a different set of lenses. When we do that over time, we rewire our brain. At first it feels 
maybe more difficult. Just like when you first start going to the gym, it feels difficult. Maybe it gets a little bit easier if you're training for a marathon, right? It feels hard at first, it gets easier. When you do this, it rewires your brain and it's like LASIK for the brain. It's like mm -hmm. LASIK for the experience of your life. You don't need to shift on a pair of gratitude glasses by flipping the gratitude switch necessarily because you have become a new human. And it happens one single decision and one single moment at a time. And it can happen in the middle of frustration, whatever is going on. And it shifts the trajectory of that moment. You shift enough moments and it shifts your entire life. It has an impact on the way you interact with the people you love most. It has an impact on your business. It has an impact on the way you love yourself and the way you interact with yourself. The reason I now feel called to do this is because I had to figure it out. I never thought I'd be an author and a speaker about it, but God gave this thing to me and I came to realize it's about the one, it's about Sydney, it's about my kids. They need to hear it and if they need to hear it, then you need to hear it. And so was that guy right out there and that lady who's walking down the street, downtrodden, feeling like you could tell she's looking down at her feet and things aren't going well. She needs it because doggone it, she's still an amazing human and she is still a child of God, at least I think she is, and she deserves to have that experience of life. We all do, and we can have it. We can choose it by flipping this internal gratitude switch, illuminating life's challenges, flipping the switch of our brain in the middle of frustrations, and ultimately becoming a new human rewired for a new experience of the life we already have. Well, let me ask you a question real quick, because I think one of the problems that sometimes people have is you're in this frustration, and you want to be in your frustration, yeah, you do. right? You want to be upset. You want to be frustrated. What, how do you go in those moments when you just want to be upset? You don't want to feel yeah. gratitude. How do you flip the switch in that moment? It, that is really tough. And, and that's so, and you know, I think the reason that happens is we're just kind of like wired for that a little bit. Like, you know, we turn on the TV and like the news is like, everything is negative and the world is collapsing. Like you talked about the political stuff. We do this thing as humans where we like commiserate with each other. Like we love to just complain about stuff. I don't know what it is. Like we all hate the weather all the time, right? When it's sunny, it's like, oh, it's so hot. I just can't wait for the winter. And then it's winter. It's like, it's so cold, but I wish we could get snow. You get a big snowstorm. You're like, oh no, I got to go shovel. But if there isn't any snow, you're like, oh, why aren't we getting snow? I don't know why we do this, but we, all, we have these experiences Humanity in general loves to complain about stuff with each other. We just commiserate together, right? It's this constant game of, well, my life is worse than yours. Well, this thing happened to me and it's worse than the thing that happened to you. And so if that is our disposition and that's sort of how in, over time we've been wired to be, it is increasingly difficult to flip the gratitude switch when we want to be angry. And generally speaking, when we want to be angry, the, the, the main reason, at least for me, why I want to be angry is I want to feel some sympathy or I want somebody to tell me it's okay, Kev, it's going to get better. Or I want um, somebody to just agree with me that that thing that happened was totally unjust. I'm actually seeking outside validation for the experience I'm having with my life. And that idea of constantly seeking outside validation does not allow anybody to become the human they're meant to be, right? Our human experience is our own. And so you have to get to the point where you have to first make the decision, I don't want to feel like this any longer. Mm. If you can't get to that point, it, you're just gonna stew in your discontent, right? Um, so the recommendation would be do something to shift your state. 
put on um, a, a, a your favorite funny clip on YouTube, your favorite comedian. Do something well, and, and, and to I, shift. I love that. That's, again, Tony Robbins obviously talks about that a lot. Yeah, he does. So after I experienced or started learning this, uh, one of my mentors, Woody Woodward, he was on one of the oh, previous yeah, I episodes. Woody. I did a book with Woody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Woody taught me. He said, you have to change your state in those moments when you're frustrated. And so I had an experience once. I was dating a girl and um, I had four roommates at the time and uh, this is three, four years ago, whatever. And she, I was outside um, on the balcony or whatever and she was on her way over and I said, hey, when you get here, text me and you know, I'll come grab you. Well, she just came inside and one of my roommates at the time, he was kind of notorious for crossing the line with yeah. other guys in the house as uh -huh. dates and you know girlfriends stuff like awesome. that and i had been dating this girl for a little bit and he, he was he was definitely flirting with her and about 15 minutes went by I was like, where, where the hell is this girl at and I go inside and they're like sitting next to each other on the couch and flirting and I was so bothered I was so frustrated oh right God. and we're supposed to go to dinner right after so I'm like all right and I could feel I was yeah. so frustrated right, right. I wanted to be angry but I was like wait don't she didn't, this is probably innocent. Start looking at this a different way. Don't assume the worst. Yeah. But I, I was feeling it. My body had changed. Yeah. I was frustrated. And so we're walking out to the car and I said, I need a state change. Yeah. And one of the best ones you can do is do something physical, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I said, hey, I forgot something. I'll be right back. So uh -huh. as soon as I got to the car, I sprint in the house. Yeah. I run down the stairs. I run back up the stairs, run down that. the stairs, run up the stairs run back down the stairs, and I, I finally, I, I'm literally sprinting, and I get back upstairs, and I'm like, okay, I feel okay. Yeah, right. And we went out and ended up having a really fun sure. day, and it was, you know, I probably was frustrated for, I mean, the, I had my reason, but at the same time, that wasn't going to serve me. So yeah, I could no. either right. own that and be frustrated, yeah. probably ruin the date, probably right. ruin whatever was going on with the girl. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was an example that I, well, yes, I love it, dude. That's a great example. So here's the thing, right? Life is coming at you whether you want it to or not. Plain and simple, right? Stuff's going to happen. So the only thing, you can't really necessarily control life as it comes at you. The only thing you can control is how you react to it as it comes at you, right? That's completely in your control. Mm -hmm. So what you did, life came at you from the standpoint of this dude was flirting with the girl you were dating. You can't control him, but it happened. So then you have the choice to go and do something different, to feel different, so then you can have a new set of possibilities open to you. So if you are feeling that way, shifting your state could be good. I know for me, I uh, so I open all my talks by with the youth, I rap, Ice Ice Baby, um, Vanilla Ice, okay. because uh, I'm old school and I love it. And I met Vanilla and he told me to keep doing it. So <laughs> we're it. on a first name, I just call him Vanilla. <laughs> now sometimes it's Rob, yeah. it just depends. Um, but so he told me to keep doing it. And, uh, and so I do that because I'm nervous when I go speak. Every time I go speak, I'm nervous, right? And I'm always worried like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be terrible. What am I gonna do? So like I start my talk by dancing and rapping because it shifts my, I'm all of a sudden not focused on, oh, am I gonna do, I'm just like, yeah, let's get it. Oh, oh, I'm gonna stop, right? And I just, and it shifts me. And now I have a new set of possibilities open to me. So if you're the person who wants to stew in your discontent, you just wanna marinate in that bad boy all day, you have two choices. Number one, you have to make a new choice, a new decision that says, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And if you don't want to feel like that, you can go through the flip process, pick the most recent thing that happened to you that was frustrating and actually go through FLIP 
or shift your state of being and then potentially go and try to activate or trigger gratitude. But you have to do one of those two things, sitting there and just continuing to think like, everything's terrible, I can't believe this, oh, what's wrong with my life? <laughs> Not gonna get you anywhere. You have to do something different than you're doing. I love that. Well, and I wanna pivot a little bit because you speak a lot to the youth. Yeah. And um, social media. Oh my gosh. I think it puts, again, it, it, it's like fire. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. You can use it to cook your food and survive. Yeah, you can right. use it to burn your house down, right? That's right. Um, I think it's the same thing with social media. And I, I believe it is supposed to be a little bit of a, a, a highlight reel. I think that's okay. I sure. think the problem is, is when it's not understood that that's what it is. That's right. And so, because um, I think it is important to express to other people and to show that you, you know, when you do extraordinary things or when you have things that you're grateful for and you love in your life. Right. So how does social media affect gratitude of the youth and how do you help them to fix that? Man, that is a great question. And it's something I actually talk about in the book because social media does this thing. It's awesome, right? But um, it, it allows us to sort of put out there the highlight reel of our lives and everybody else is putting out the highlight reels of their lives as well. So we have to understand that. And if we understand that, we need to, and this is what I teach the kids too, you need to become an observer of social media and an observer of other people's lives, not necessarily a participant, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the shift. If, I, if I'm looking at your, like you travel, you do all kinds of stuff, right? If I see you at, at you know, the Cleveland Indians game in the World Series, right? Or last, the other night, you were, you were behind the jazz bench, right? <laughs> I showed my wife that on my, on my Instagram story. I was like, look where Jimmy's sitting. <laughs> if I wanted to just be like, oh my gosh, why isn't my life like his? Like he has such an amazing life. Like, oh my gosh. All I'm going to do in constant comparison to you is I'm going to feel bad about me. Mm. However, that's me being a participant with you, right? I'm trying to participate in your life by wanting to do the things that you do, but I'm not doing them. So I'm actively trying, I'm like trying to participate in your life. However, if I could become an observer, right? And I go, oh my gosh, babe, I tell my wife, look at this. And she goes, holy cow, how do you get those seats? I was like, I know he gave away his tickets because he's like the most giving human ever. And then he gets these, that is so cool. All of a sudden I'm observing your experience and I'm pumped for you because I'm observing you and I'm feeling thankful that you as my friend get to experience that by observing your highlight reel and being thankful that you get to experience that for you. It shifts me from being a participant of like wanting to be in the seat next to you, but I'm not. And so now I'm in comparison. The quickest way to uh, affect our self-esteem negatively when it comes to social media is constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else. If everybody else looks prettier than we do, looks more handsome, is more ripped, is more fit, like, and we're constantly looking at that like, ugh, my body's not like theirs, I don't look like they do. Guess what? We're trying to be a participant, we're not being an observer, and it's gonna make us feel bad. We're gonna feel like, oh, I'm not good enough, da 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 da, right? Well, I think one of the scary parts on social media is you have people that are experts in what they are, so you've got the yeah. person that's an expert bodybuilder or yeah. a fitness you know, woman or whatever it might be, and so they're social media, and so you're going to compare yourself to one of the best in the world, an expert at it, yet you're also compared, like I do this, you know, I'll yeah. compare myself to people that literally travel for a living, yeah. and I'm like, gosh, I need to travel more, yeah. and then I'm like comparing myself to the bodybuilder, I'm like, man, I need to work out yeah, better, right. and I have to remind myself, the same thing you just said, you know, and 
it's a fine mix of using it as fuel to to help me to want to do more with my life, yeah. but at the same time being in the appreciation of the moment of what you are and what you have. Yeah. Because I think that's the hardest part is you want to do more, you want to be more always, and I think that's healthy, yeah. but also making sure that you have... Um, you're living in the moment of what you are. And that's where it comes back to the word of gratitude. That's right. When you appreciate where you are, but you're not complacent with where you want to get to. Yeah, 100%. Here's the other thing that I found on social media that's helpful. is like if you're feeling sort of down a little bit and, and maybe you're looking at social media, you're feeling one of the best things you could do is shift your sort of mental state away from comparing to serving. And mm. so here's how you would do that. What if you, feeling sort of down or whatever, could say, you know what, I, I'm going to go find an inspirational quote right now. I'm going to Google it, and when I find it, I'm going to post it. And I'm going to post about why I wanted to get this quote. You could even post. What if you were super authentic and you're like, you know, today I wasn't feeling like 100% me, but so I like thought I should go find a Zig Ziglar quote. I should go find a Les Brown quote. I should go find a Jimmy Rex quote. And, and, they go, and I went and found it. Man, this totally shifted the way I'm feeling. So I thought I'd share it with you, audience and Facebook world. All of a sudden, you're moving away from selfishly hoarding your emotions, right? I'm not good enough. Everything's terrible. Oh, I want to be a participant in their experience and I'm not having it. To observing, oh, cool. Okay, so they're doing what they're doing. That's awesome. How can I now serve the people that are looking at me and give them something of benefit or value? And when you do that and you do that constantly, like there's times when I felt so down and I find something really inspirational because I'm going through a process. I'm observing where I'm at, just like we do in Flip, right? I'm going, wait a second, I'm down. Why am I down? Why am I frustrated? Oh, here's what's awesome. Here's what's going on. You know what? I'm actually really thankful. It shifts me, and now I share that on social media. By me physically sharing that on social media, it forces me to be more committed to that emotional state that I just tried to create in myself, right? Because now I just put myself out there and said, this is who I am and how I'm feeling right now. Right? So those are all just things that I've kind of observed and noticed when it comes to social media. But the biggest thing is you cannot compare your experience of your life with what you perceive, and that's the key, right? What you perceive someone else's life to be. Because they're not going to post when they go, when they run a marathon, for the most part, they're not going to be like, my shoes hurt, my toe hurts, look at this big fat blister. They're going to be like, check out my bling 26.2, y'all. Right. That's what you're going to see, right? Um, the people that are trying to get really fit and whatever, they're not going to post when they go to Cold Stone like, hey, check out my 2,000 calories. <laughs> Instead, they're going to post when they lost one pound and they took 55 selfies just to get the right one. They look just skinny enough. And then they post that one, right? We have to understand that's how people are posting because it's how we post. So we be an observer, not a participant. And we try to shift our state and actually share and serve those in our social communities. And it really changes our experience with social media. I love that, man. Well, the book is called Flip the Gratitude Switch. Uh, you're amazing. We're going to do a bunch of links that will tie back oh, cool. to the episode awesome. on the show notes. Uh, go buy the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, yep. It's at your bookstore, whatever. You can also go to flipthegratitudeswitch.com if you want to get an autographed copy. Perfect. Autographed copy. There you go. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks, brother. Appreciate Grateful you. to have you in my life. Yeah, you too, man. All right, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Trillion Mortgage and Steve DeYoung. If you're looking to buy or refinance a home, then contact Steve DeYoung at Trillion Mortgage. Having been in the real estate industry for almost 15 years now, I've had opportunities to work with all types of lenders in every bank, every mortgage company, and my preferred lender is Steve DeYoung at Trillion Mortgage. Give him a call at 801 
231-0100. Thank you for listening to The Jimmy Rec Show, and we hope we've inspired you to make your life and the lives of others extraordinary. We'd love to hear feedback about this episode or any others. Contact us at thejimmyrexshow.com or find us through all of our social media channels.